Hey, a little Beyonce up in here. Baby, come over. I come over. I got to I get off the show at 9 o'clock. Chris is holding me up. I'll come over at 9.05, though. Welcome back to The Lake Show, News Talk 830-WCCO. You just want to re- I mean, that first hour was so good, you just want to re-rack it, and uh, that way that'll get you over to Baby, Queen Bee. Baby, come over. Yeah, I, I mean, that'll get you to Queen Bee's place a little bit earlier. All right, so you can re-rack it. I can leave at 8.05? Is that yeah. cool? Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, just make sure uh, Jay-Z ain't nowhere around. <laughs> I ain't worried about Jay-Z. I'm worried about Blue Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So last night you had a situation in the NBA where Fred Van Fleet, who's an awesome basketball player, you you talk about a guy that was an outstanding college player at Wichita State. Nobody expected him to be as good as he is in the NBA. Like, he's legit. He's He's one of the better point guards in the and when I say better point guards in the league, I'm talking about guys that that aren't all-stars, okay? Well, last night they lose, and he's upset. He's upset with the officiating, and he was critical of the officiating. And most guys will be a little bit, they won't say much, right, because, you know, they don't want to get fined and all that. He didn't care at all. And look, I... A lot of times, I don't like when guys go down the road of of, of nailing officials and criticizing because they can kind of blow it out of proportion. Okay, we, we, we get that, right? But listen to his reaction. Listen to what he had to say post-game after they fell to the L.A. Clippers, 108 to 100. This was the reaction from one Fred Van Fleet. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know. Um, ben Taylor was f-ing terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just f- the game up, you know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple, couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bull tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel... It's personal, and um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed, um, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. All right, so I I love the fact that at the end there, he said that's not the reason why we lost. They were, the, you know, we, we didn't come to we didn't we didn't play up to the, our ability, and, and they they outplayed us. I like that he said that. But what do we feel about him full on attacking the officiating in that way? I mean, he cussed multiple times. He was pretty aggressive in his comments. He is going to get a nice little fine. Like, he's going to cut a nice little check to the NBA. But do we think that Fred was out of bounds? 651-461-9226. And you may be asking, well, Lake, why are you talking about this specifically? Because I think that, number one, you don't name 
a specific official because that didn't we get into a slippery slope. You're calling one guy out for the world because the world doesn't know these guys by name. Right. I mean, you know, a few of them by name, but not not the majority of these guys by name. Do you know? You see them in the, in the stadium. You see their numbers. You don't call them out by name. You say, hey, 72, you suck. Or 45, man, put your glasses on. Like, you don't, you're not calling them out by name. Like, the days of the Dick Pavettas and um, the Ken Mowers and stuff like that, like, th- th- those days are for the most part over. There are a few officials that, that people know by name, but not in, in, in the traditional sense. So for him to do that, I don't even know the the official he's talking about. So that just tells you, I think he could have left that alone. Like, But that was part of the rant, okay? So that part I thought was a little bit shaky. Second point, though, is that I think he actually does have a point. And the point is, is that people do not pay the big-time ticket prices for the officials to think that they're entertaining people. The officials and the refs are not the entertainment. The players are the entertainment. And I do think that there are some officials that think that they are an important part of the game. And they need to stop thinking like that. I'm dead serious. Now, now, now I just named a couple of officials that were big-time officials years ago, and they were parts of the game, and they were well-known. Hey, and look, I know Ken Maurer. I've known Ken Maurer for a long time. When Kenny was an NBA official and referee, oh my goodness, like he was a rock star. He, no, I'm dead serious. He was a rock star. And when the season was over and Ken would walk into the gym for summer league, he was the man. So, so like they were put on a on a certain level. Remember back when the stuff was going on with the uh, what was the name of the official um, that had the betting scandal? Uh, uh Tim Donaghy. Um, Tim Donaghy. Yeah. When 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 that stuff happened. Everybody looked at every single official and was like, "Oh, whoa, what's going on here?" Yeah, every, everybody because, was on the take. All of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh, are, are you on yes, the take? Are you on every, the take?" Everybody's questioning everybody. They're like, "Are you on the take?" Yeah, I remember one time when, when this is when the Donahue thing uh, happened. I was out in Vegas for ten days, which is way too long to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, <laughs> unless you live way there. too long. And this is back. This is back before. Um, this back when I was broke, broke. Okay. And so, but I had a room that was comped. I was comped at the planet Hollywood. Planet Hollywood was, was brandly made over, remade over. It was awesome. I enjoyed it, but I was at a, and I don't even play cards, but I was bored as heck one night. So it was like my second night there. I was bored as heck. Um, no, you know, sports books aren't open late like that. No games. So I'm just sitting at, um, at a table playing, um, just some uh, some blackjack, right? Okay. And there was a guy there. He was playing blackjack. Older guy. Um, he he didn't move around well. I don't know if he was in like um, um, if he had a walk or whatever. But he had a like a beautiful gal there, right? Beautiful gal. So we pretty much know what the deal was there. But <laughs> yeah. but but this is the deal. His son was an NBA ref at the time. And so he's just sitting at the table playing cards, and we, we got to have a having a nice conversation. Dude, made my entire trip sitting down that night, having that conversation with that gentleman, just about just about life, about basketball, about whatever, and watching him. And he had stacks of money, stacks. Of, he'd be like, "All right, give me some more money." And she go in the purse, and she hand him a big wad of cash. 
you know, she was holding the cash. It was his cash. She was holding the cash. Yeah. What was, that, like, what, hey. what was it to Tim Donaghy's dad? Is that who that was? That was no, the casino? no, it wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but it, but let's just say that uh, I think he was uh, in his mid to late 60s and she looked like she was about mm, mid to late 20s. <laughs> so uh, so he was he, he was living his best life. And I'm not hating on that. But but the, but this is the deal, though. Like back then, those guys were they were known. Like they were known. They were they were they were they were they were. I don't want to say they were big parts of the game, but they were a part of the game. Those days are over. No one wants those days again. Because remember how like they had an NBA All Star thing, and they make fun of Charles Barkley from time to time when they'll show the 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 uh, the video of him kissing one of the officials on the lips. Yes. So and I can't remember what I can't remember what official that was, but like that was back when if you were an NBA ref. Like you were balling, like you were you were established, you were well known, and I'm not saying that they don't get props or or or, or perks um, today because they do. I went out with some officials when I was in Kansas City. The Wolves were playing the Miami Heat for an exhibition game in Kansas City. It's like 2016, and I was at the game. I went back to the hotel, was hanging out with some uh, NBA scouts. We stayed at the Marriott, or they stayed at the Marriott. I was living there, obviously. And then after that, uh, a few of the officials were like, "Hey, man, can we want to go get something to eat? Can you know? Can you show us?" I said, "Yeah." Well, I, t- I took them down to Power and Light. We went and hung out, or whatever. So yeah, they're living a good life, but they cannot, in their minds, think that they are a big part of the game. That has to because the, the fans are not there to see you, dude. Like, just do your job. Yeah, to me, I... You're I, supposed to blend I, in, like I, background music. I, I, I hear that, right? I mean, what is the saying when you don't recognize an official, then that means they're doing their job? Yep. I, I, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time with the concept of officials, you know, making themselves a, a part of it. Like, they're doing it intentionally. Uh, I, I would like to think that these officials are out there, you know, looking at the rules of whatever game that it is, and they're, you know, calling it as it goes along. And if something, you know, if there's an infraction, you call that infraction, and, and you don't do it to the point where, you know, they call getting yourself over, right? Like, put yourself out there and, and look at me. I guess I just have a hard time, and I, I'm sure there are, are officials out there that that do that, that put themselves out there as kind of a little bit more of a showman and bring more attention of themselves than than what they should, but I I would like to think that that doesn't happen a lot. What what who, what was the name of the official that was in the um in college basketball that always would get into it with uh, Bobby Knight, the black guy? Oh, uh, the black official. Ted Washington. What was his? Ah, uh, uh, Ted Washington. Ted Washington. Yes. Yeah, Ted Washington. You're right, man. Good memory. Yeah, I mean Ted Washington. Like you knew who he was, but but he ran with it like he became a character like the, you just look at his body language like in timeouts and the way he would walk around the court like he owned the place it's like dude get over yourself already <laughs> teddy teddy calm down teddy you're ted washington not teddy pentagrass you're ted washington not teddy pentagrass turn off the lights <laughs> oh my god you're light the candle <laughs> So, uh, you, so now you're uh, singing uh, Teddy Pentagrass, and and you've gone with some uh, Beyonce. I mean, I feel like this yeah. is a version of we got to come back. Lake sings the hits, right? We got to come back with some Teddy P. Okay. We got to come back with some Teddy P. Just be, just because. No pressure. Just because we got to we got to do it for 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 Ted Washington. Hey, but how about we do this though? All right, let's switch it up a little bit because I know that we have the um, Minnesota State um, High School Hockey Tournament. Yes, we have 
plenty of uh, games today because we got the two A games going and all that stuff. I know we got some finals. I don't want to do a scoreboard right now. Okay. okay. Let's flip it a little bit. Wait a little I, bit. I know that we typically don't do this. Yeah, let's let's wait a little bit and do the scoreboard a little bit later because um I want I want to get into some more of these scores. And then we got plenty of college basketball stuff that's going on. Some of the, the some of the really good games are going on right now. So let's let's take a little bit more time and we'll get into the scoreboard a little bit later. But uh well, we you, want, to, you, want, you want the NBA? That's yeah. you want to switch uh, word on the street. You want to do that at eight, uh, now, and then we'll do scoreboard in an hour. That's fine with me. Okay, we'll do word on the street. We'll do that next year on the Lake Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show. And typically we do word on the street at 820. Tonight we're flipping it. Because of the high school hockey tournament, we want to get into some of those scores a little bit later and do a scoreboard a little bit later in the evening. So we're going to do word on the street right now. So this is the earlier version from one Christopher Tubbs. Yeah, I, I mean, this weekend we moved the uh, clock's head an hour, but not till then. Oh, do we? Oh. Yes, on Saturday. Spring forward. Really? Yes. What if somebody's playing a championship game um, this weekend in their conference tournament? They lose an hour of sleep. Well, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm, that's what you get for getting to your conference championship For game. being good. That's right. No, yeah, you got, got to be punished for success, Lake. I mean, you're punished with working with good. me. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get to it here. I, I don't know if you've seen The Cocaine Bear on Netflix. I haven't, but I'm absolutely fascinated. By I haven't, it. and it does, it does not look good to me. Oh, yeah, m- me neither. Um, anyway, the cocaine bear has company, but this one's real. A wild big cat found and captured in Ohio had cocaine in its system. Now, in a scene that sounds like a sequel script, officials in Ohio say they responded to reports of a leopard stuck in a tree. And when they got there, I shouldn't laugh. When they got there, they found an uh, African serval cat, which is illegal to own in the state. Cincinnati Animal Care took the animal for DNA and narcotics testing, and it tested positive for cocaine exposure. 
Now what? The, yeah, now the wild big cat known as uh, Amory is getting treatment at the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Gardens. And unlike the big screen bear now in theaters, there are no reports of the cat killing anyone. The zoo says trainers are going to work with Amory, and if things go well, the zoo is going to keep him, though he won't be available to visit the public, at least not yet. Um, I, it, you know, it doesn't say how the cat got into the cocaine, but authorities say that they've got the animal's owner, which is cooperating with the investigation. And uh, I feel like there's an animal rehab show that is just waiting to be made by some television network. Well, you you know um, what Lizzo and Hillary Clinton said about DNA tests. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Man, cocaine cat. First off, that cocaine bear stuff looks terrible. It's like we, we can sit here, and there are a lot of creative people out there in the world that put out great movies and great. This looks dumb. I mean, I'm dead serious. That, that movie, I know that's not this story, but I'm saying that movie looks dumb as hell. But it looks dumb as the hell. Thing is, now, with there, this, there really was a cocaine bear, though. But I mean, it didn't. It, it, you know, I don't it, care. It, 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 it doesn't mean that they need to make a movie about it. Oh, but but it didn't kill anybody in real life. I mean, this is, I think, based on you know, based on facts, Lucy. Based on facts, I'll watch it. I just like the fact that that, that last line you read. Unclear how the cat got into <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> Uh, apparently, when they said we need a snowblower, the uh, cat misunderstood that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I got two cats at home and no cocaine, though. I do have cats. We do have plenty of snow. So uh, I guess I'll have to wow, keep an eye. look at you. I know. I'll have to keep an eye on my cats. Hey, uh, Sean Kemp allegedly wasn't the only one pulling the trigger during his parking lot altercation on Wednesday. Police responded to two subjects firing shots at each other, according to dispatch audio. Now, the 53-year-old Kemp was arrested for a drive-by shooting following a dispute with another driver outside a Tacoma, Washington shopping mall on Wednesday after cops say an altercation broke out between two cars around 2 p.m. Now, as previously reported, witnesses claim they heard gunshots prior to uh, recording part of the incident on their phones, although it was unclear whether Kemp, who was sh- uh, shown aiming and shooting his weapon in the video, was the only one to open fire. Now, according to police dispatch, witnesses claim that Kemp fired five to ten shots at the other vehicle during the incident, and a revolver was found outside a Firestone Complete Auto Care. I love how they went with a complete name of the company, by the way. A Firestone Complete Auto Care. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, that adds so much to the story. Footage shows Kemp driving around the parking lot and dumping something near a bush outside the car shop, and cops later found a weapon at the scene. Now, sources tell Fox 13 TV in Seattle that Kemp was acting out of self-defense and he was attempting to retrieve stolen property when someone opened fire on him first. Now, Kemp was booked for felony drive-by shooting at uh, just short of 6 p.m. at the Pierce County Jail, and cops say no one was injured and the incident is currently under investigation. Man, my guy Sean Kemp, that was my dude. I loved Sean Kemp. Like, seriously. No, but I'm talking about, no, I was like one of the first Sean Kemp uh, fans. Like, I was diehard. So, so what do you know about Sean Kemp? I know that he played for Seattle, and I love those Seattle teams. I didn't know much about him in college or anything like that. Okay, all right, all right. So, 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 nope, nope, nope. So, 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 so I'm, I'm about to give you the, this is, this, I'm a, I'm a real Sean Kemp fan. Okay. I got put up on Sean Kemp back, Scholastic Sports America. Back when he was a McDonald's All-American. Sean Kemp, I used to stay up past my bedtime in high school and watch Sean Kemp late night on ESPN, the Indiana State Championships. He's from Elkhart, Indiana. Okay, Not only is he from Elkhart, Indiana, but he was supposed to play 
at the University of Kentucky. Okay? University of Kentucky. They had a massive scandal back in the day. Okay? And this is back when Rex Chapman and those guys were at UK. Okay. They had a massive scandal where it was it had to do with the ACT stuff going on. It was a big it was a big ACT scandal. Mm-hmm. And at the time it was um Oh my gosh, I'm blanking up. Sudden. Coach Sudden coach Su- was the oh. head coach of, of uh, Oh, Eddie, of, Eddie, uh, Eddie of Sutton. Eddie Sutton. O- Oklahoma State. Eddie Sutton was the coach of 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 of, of, of Kentucky at the time. Okay. And and Sean Kemp was the prize recruit. And during those years, it was like they landed like Sean Kemp. They landed Chris Mills. Chris Mills, remember, that was the controversy, the money in the duffel bag. Yep. He ended up going from Kentucky to Arizona. So my, so Sean Kemp, he never made it to Kentucky. Remember that. He never made it to Kentucky because of the scandal, did Juco, and went straight to the league. So I'm a real, I'm a Sean Kemp fan, y'all. I'm telling you for real. I, I'm about that action. When I saw this story, I was like, "Oh no, Sean!" Because you know he's he's got a successful cannabis uh, uh, um yeah, a successful stores cannabis out there yeah. in Seattle. Yeah, I yep. mean, and he's yep. you know he stayed out there. I mean, he's been a big part of trying to get the NBA back there. So I mean, I yeah, I yes. see, and and I enjoyed Sean Kemp. Like I love those Sonics teams of the of the mid nineties. Like those were some of the best teams that I mean. Unfortunately, they ran into the Michael Jordan Bulls, but I mean, I loved those Sonics. Like I, I was a Sonics fan before the Wolves, you know, came back. Like the Sonics, they were my team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I didn't know much about him, you know. But see, now you, and, you, you just told me. And I will, I will reserve a little bit of judgment with Sean Kemp to see if he was returning fire. If indeed he was somebody was shooting at him and he shot back in self defense, then I, I'm, I'm going to wait to see if because there's there, that's the claim right now. Yes, yeah, that that's that's what the claim is right now. And the yeah. uh, but the, did you see the video? Yes, I did. I'm talking about the video of him shooting. Oh, I I just I saw the video like online. I mean, I I yeah yeah yeah, yeah just just that little bit that you know has you. kind of been circulating online. I've. I've seen that, but I mean, again, you're not going to get full context from that little, you know, clip of video. There's, there's more to it because you know these people started. For sure. Fil- yeah, they started filming at a certain point, but late. You, when you start, yeah. yeah, when you decide that you're going to start filming, like you've already missed part of it, so you're not really going to get that context. Agreed. Agreed. Right. And uh, finally, here, uh, Henry, I, I wasn't into the Alex Murdoch thing, but I, I saw a documentary over the weekend. Uh, my wife and I watch it on Netflix. I think it was like the Murdoch murders or something like that. I, I learned a whole bunch about this guy. And it, I mean, it was fascinating. It just, it made you just hate him and just what his family is all about. It just, it, it makes you thankful that this man was found guilty of murder. Well, apparently, you know, he's being held in the most secure area of a South Carolina prison, and it's all because other inmates might want to take him down a few notches due to his notoriety. Now, Murdoch's serving two life sentences after being convicted of murdering his wife and 22-year-old son. He's behind bars at a Kirkland Correctional Institution in Columbia, South Carolina, where he's been placed in a single cell. The South Carolina Department of Corrections say Murdoch's infamy could put him at risk, so for the most part, he's being kept away from other inmates. Now, apparently, he's under constant surveillance, and he's not even eating with other, uh, other inmates. He'll, his meals are being brought directly to his cell, where he eats alone. That's how, in peril, prison officials feel he'd be in the general population. Now, he's only going to be there for 45 days during evaluation period before he's going to be assigned to a specific custody level in a new prison. 
At that point, he's going to get his meals in the cafeteria with his fellow inmates unless a specific threat is made against him. Uh, for now, Murdoch is being escorted by at least one corrections officer whenever he leaves his cell, and that's when he gets closest to other inmates, albeit for an extremely limited window. So far, he hasn't been attacked or even threatened, but Kirkland officials aren't taking any chances. He gets harmed on their watch. I mean, you, he killed his wife and kid. Yes. You did the crime, now you're going to do the time. And it might not be pretty. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying go and go kill the guy or assault him. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying, like, what did he think? He thought he thought he was he thought he was going and he was going to be like at a at a, at a W hotel. No, it didn't work like that, man. No, Sorry. I, I and I mean I I I don't know. I I've never been in prison, but I mean I I, I hope not. I, yeah, I mean I have to imagine that you know there are certain like there are certain crimes that are just are are almost irreprehensible you know what i mean and yeah. i don't know what i don't know you know what that heart is but, but when you're talking as an outsider and they're saying they fear you know for his life i, I mean that tells you that, that he's hey you reap what you sow that's all i'm yeah. gonna say yeah it'll be interesting all right that's gonna wrap up word on the street but coming up next we go around the nba you're on the lake show How about you take that, Ted Washington? As an official, as a referee, you weren't the show. You thought you were the show. The show was Teddy Pendergrass back in the day. Light a candle. Were you a big Teddy Pendergrass fan back in the day, Chris? No, I I, I was not. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because when, when, when you paused like that, I was like, yeah, this is a no. Yeah, n- no. I, I got to admit. See, when I hear this, I don't. Ex- I don't expect there to be like a little anger. I feel like this is like that. You know what do they call that? The baby making music. I mean, this is kind of. I'm just paying homage to Teddy Pendergrass, man. Oh my goodness, Teddy Pendergrass, rest in peace. He was a legend, unlike Ted Washington, who thought it was all about him and Bobby Knight. Is he still? He's probably still refereeing somewhere. Anyway. Uh, Ted Washington. I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's. Yeah, he probably is. You think so? Yeah, I think he is. Okay. I'm gonna do a Google search in a minute. Okay. But uh, we we transition from Ted Washington to Teddy Prendergrass to around the NBA. All right, let's get to it. H Lake is uh, bye bye, Teddy. I'll I'll put you on pause, but uh, you know maybe we'll come back to you. You know what I'm saying. All right, uh, let's get into it here. Like, so, Ja, it looks like Ja Morant's going to be out at least uh, four more games for the Memphis Grizzlies, so that should put him out for at least six games. Here's my thing. Is this proper punishment for uh, waving that gun on Instagram? Is it too much, not enough? Like, h- how do you feel about the punishment that's being doled out to Ja Morant? Not enough. So, so he's missed two games. He's going to miss four more because he's actually missed three to this point because he's out right. They're playing right now. They're playing Golden State right now. Mm-hmm. So so that'll be three games missed. He's going to miss another three more after tonight. So that's at least six. I say that's not enough. And my whole thing is, is you need to make a statement to not only John Morant, but to all the young players in the league. 
and let them know it's unacceptable. That we're not tolerating this. We're not doing this. If it was David Stern, how many how many games do you think he gets suspended? Twenty. Oh man, I, yeah. The, the hammer would have been down by now if if it, if it was David thi- Stern. Yes, my thing is this with Ja. Give him, give him like, give him at least at least twelve. Give him at least a dozen games, and this is the reason why I say at least a dozen, because. Even before the gun thing, because that happened on a Saturday morning, right? Mm-hmm. Late Friday night, Saturday morning. What was the talk earlier in the week that him and his him and his crew are trying to beat up people at a at a, at a, a security mall, guy yeah. at a shopping mall? Yes, Just something uh, he about beat his up, mom. He beat up and a seventeen. Over, yeah, yeah. He beat up a seventeen year old kid at his home and then went in the house and got a gun last summer. Like he was already trending to be the PR nightmare of the week, and then he ended up being the PR nightmare of the year for the NBA. So sit his butt down for twelve games, at least. Yeah, I, I, if it's truly, if it's truly, if it's truly about Chris, if it's truly about him getting his act in order, if it's truly about him getting his priorities straight, if it's truly about him not being stressed and figuring things out, why would you just sit him for four games? That ain't enough time to do anything. No, four games it, is it, not enough time for him to sit on the on the toilet. No, it's wow. That's quite the. Uh... Quite the graphic there. Um, let's go ahead and uh, speaking of number twos, now with KD out for two to three weeks with an ankle sprain, which uh, I, I did you see the video of him just warming up and slipping? I last did. Night? In warm-ups. Oh, I saw it, yeah. man. So KD is out for the Suns and the mess in Memphis. Who is the number two team in the West? Is it still Phoenix? I mean, is it is it Sacramento? Because, I mean, Denver right now, even though they got beat by the Bulls at home, I think the first time that they've lost at home since the calendar flipped. But, I mean, who's the second-best team in the Western Conference? Well, I, would say, I still think the Phoenix is damn good. Like, I, I've been – if I could have some stock in the team, Phoenix is definitely one of those teams. Now, clearly, you gave up a lot to get him. And, and yeah, he's going to miss two to three weeks. Um, in the West, because we know that Denver is the best team, I would have to say that the second best team is still going to be Phoenix. Okay. I, I think so, some people will make the case and they'll say they'll say Memphis. I think Memphis is jacked up. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, mm, whatever. Sacramento is still the team nobody's talking about. Yeah, I, I, you know, Sacra- I, I think that Sacramento Knicks game tonight is going to be fascinating between those two because I, I feel like the Knicks, like Julius Randle, has been playing at a fantastic level. And then you've got, you know, Deer and Fox and, and you know, Devonis Sabonis. And, you know, speaking of that, let me say, can the Knicks make some noise in the East? I mean, they're, they've won nine out of their last ten. And if you look at them right now, you know, they're, they're surging up. They're only, you know, two and a half games behind Cleveland for the number four spot. But, I mean, can, can they make a little bit of noise in the East? Mm, it depends on what you think of noise. I just don't see them making a whole lot of noise in the East. Like, like they played beyond everybody's expectations. Philadelphia is better than they are. Boston is better than they are. Cleveland is better than they are. Milwaukee is better than they are. So, yeah, they've improved. No question about it. I just don't view them as a title contender. Okay. And, and that was, and I guess I'm not thinking that they're going to be a title contender, but they've been, I mean, they've been so bad 
for so long. I mean, if there's that four or five matchup, do you give them an opportunity to, to, to beat Cleveland in that first round? Or is that, you know, is that Cleveland? I would put my money on Cleveland. Okay. But that, that there's some bias there too, though, because I'm, you know. I yeah. got friends in Cleveland. Yeah, I, 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 I could see that. I, I don't see them cracking the top four, honestly, between the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, and Cavs. I mean, they're, they're being chased by the Nets, who have nobody at this point. You got the Heat, who have some issues. And then you got the Hawks, got a great backcourt, but I don't think anything else. And then you get into Toronto and, you know, the Wizards and everything. So, all right, let's, uh, let's move on here. Lonzo Ball sounds like he's going to have his third knee surgery coming up. Is the rose off the bloom for Lonzo Ball? Oof, that's a tough one, man. I mean, uh, third knee surgery, that's tough, though. It, like he's it, a, it but he, but he, How old is he? Lonzo Ball's got to be, what, 24? Yeah, he's he's young. Let me check. Yeah, he's still young, so he's still got time. But it's, it's just a matter of can he stay healthy, and, and can he get his knee being back to pretty healthy? Because if his knee ends up being really, really bad, then it doesn't matter – he can he can be as young as I don't. It doesn't matter if your knee's that mm-hmm. bad. It's just not going to happen. We saw that with Jay Williams. Jay Williams had that horrific, um, uh, what do you call it, motorcycle accident? Yeah, and he messed up like the nerves and all that stuff in his knee, and it it just it didn't matter. Yeah, and he he's twenty five. This is going to be his third knee surgery. And, I mean, I, I feel like we're kind of getting into journeyman, not necessarily bust, but I feel like we're getting into journeyman territory because, you know, started with the Lakers, shipped off to uh, New Orleans in the, you know, uh, Anthony Davis deal that brought Anthony Davis to L.A., and then he's in Chicago. I, I mean, I feel like we may have seen the best of Lonzo Ball, and now it, maybe he becomes a role player at best at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But even even if he's able to be a role player, because we've seen guys have hor- horrific injuries and come back. Um, who was our guy, Sean Livingston? Sean Livingston, yeah. Yep. So so we'll see. All right, and uh, finally here, we've talked about the good teams in the league. Who is the worst team in the league? Because it seems like right now you've got three teams that are intentionally trying to tank, and thank goodness they're not playing the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves would put a complete they, – they, they would be the monkey wrench in these teams trying to tank. The Pistons are 15-51. and 51, The Rockets are 15-50. and 50, San Antonio 16-49. and 49. Is one of those teams just the worst right now? I think that Houston's the worst team. I really do. I, I, Detroit doesn't have Cunningham. Cunningham's basically been out for the season. I mm-hmm. think that – once they get Cunningham back to go with Jaden Ivey and some of the young guys that they have, they'll be they'll start to trend in the right direction. Although I don't think Dwayne Casey is going to be the coach there next year. Um, I like Coach Casey, but I I think they're probably going to move on. Houston's the worst team. Greg Popovich in San Antonio, he doesn't have much. They got more wins than Houston, so I would say the Houston Rockets. All right. Well, uh, there there we go. There's uh, there's your around right. the NBA. That's going to wrap up around the NBA. We got headlines. That's in this correct spot, guys. 745. We do headlines next year on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show here on this Thursday night. Tomorrow night at this time, you'll be listening to Wolves action right here on The Good Neighbor. Brooklyn Nets, our next opponent. But for right now, you got me and Christopher Tubbs. We're doing headlines. All right, let's get to it, H. Lake. And uh, just to... Uh, 
I, I was just texting with uh, Matthew Collar. He's at uh, Bob Hagen's retirement party, and it looks like it's going a little bit longer. So uh, I'm just asking him maybe if mm-hmm. we have to move a couple of things around. So just kind of <clears throat> he's uh, just sending it. Uh, he's just sending it uh, now. So I'll, I'll let you know. Is he I, drunk? I, I, I don't, Bob or um, Matthew? You know what? Doesn't matter. No, I'm talking about Matthew Collar. Are you <laughs> drunk? Are you are you drinking? Can I say plural? Uh, drinking is current because that means he's no. I won't. I'll wait and see what he says. Hey, um, following we can the, do a scoreboard at the top of the hour. Well, that's know. what I'm thinking. Let's do a scoreboard, and I mean because everybody knows how important Bob Hagen was to the Minnesota Vikings. So, and yeah, I mean Matthew Collard. Hello, Bob. Yeah, to be there. I mean, that's a pretty big honor to you know to honor Bob Hagen. So if we can do eight thirty five with Matthew, we'll do a scoreboard at the top. I, I think that's all good. <clears throat> All right, it's all good. All right. It's all good. Man, today I feel like we've – how many audibles have we called today, by the way? I feel like there's been so much. We've gone up to the line of scrimmage, haven't liked the play. and I mean, we have audibled so much tonight. It's ridiculous. But it's live radio. Live radio. It's all good. It's what we do. That's right. Hey, following the reported data leak from the Minneapolis Public School District, many parents are worried about their data being accessed after an alleged hack resulted in decades' worth of information being exposed. Those who reportedly hacked the public school district systems are asking for $1 million, $1 million in ran- I, oh, horrible, uh, Dr. Evil, uh, $1 million in ransom to delete the data dating back to 1995. Now, Minneapolis parent and cybersecurity expert Ian Coldwater, who's also a parent of a high school student in the district, has said the issue is much larger than the district is letting on. Coldwater is a self-described, quote, professional hacker who's paid to break into company systems and let them know where there are flaws. Now, Coldwater said that ransomware attacks are very common, that they often tell companies to assume that their systems are being attacked so that they can always be working to prevent data breaches. What happened here is that a ransomware group called the Medusa Group, went and breached Minneapolis Public Schools and went and put uh, on their website, on the dark web, that they have Minneapolis's data, the Minneapolis Public School data, and are demanding the ransom or else the uh, data will be released. Um, now, Coldwater, wow. yeah, Coldwater says that the uh, public schools, it's in a difficult situation because on one hand, they don't want the data get, to get out, making paying the ransom seem like an option. But on the other hand, Coldwater said it would only fund these cyber criminals, allowing them to go and do this to future schools. Yeah. Yeah, they want to try to nip that in the butt. It's, it's, it's a catch-22 right there. It really, it really is, is yeah. a catch-22. So I, I would not give the money, but, like, yeah, you don't want that out there, man. That data, oof. These hackers, man, there's something else, dude. Yeah, and, and, I mean, it sounds like, you know, Jason DeRush was talking to somebody earlier today. It, it sounds like this is, like, uh, you know, like a sexual assault information where they've got victims' names, uh, they've got addresses of faculty and mm. students, and I mean, there, there's really sensitive information that's that's out there. So uh, I, I just hope they get this that's settled terrible. and and don't have to pay that ransom. Hey, I, I am terrified. I, I am terrified of sharks. I hate sharks because Jaws was like the first movie that I saw when I was a kid. I don't know why I was brought to a theater by my mom. Maybe that's why we, you know, don't. Anyway, in a great way to advertise for the land-based shark fishing charter, a Florida professional shark fisherman was able to land a massive 13-foot-long great white shark. Now, the fish was caught by John McClain, the owner and operator of Big John Shark Fishing Adventures in Pensacola, Florida, and his clients on a 24-hour charter last month. To catch the fish, what they had landed at Pensacola Beach, McLean loaded his customer's line with the head of a massive yellowfish tuna or yellowfin tuna, 
When fishing, McLean opts to cast from the shore instead of the boat. He said that the giant shark was caught about 800 yards off the beach. Now, once the shark took the bait, McLean said it was a team effort to get it to shore and to complete the catch. As everyone knows, it didn't happen. They didn't get a picture of it. In total, six people spent time reeling the fish in, which McLean said took about an hour and seven minutes. The event was caught on camera by McLean and shared to his social media platforms. The fisherman also noted that he didn't have time to officially measure the shark, though he believed it to be longer than 12 feet. That's why the size he typically catches. The largest a great white shark can get is 20 feet long, with males averaging 11 to 13, and females being the larger of the species at 15 to 16 feet long, according to the Smithsonian. Hmm. Wow. Are you a fisherman? I mean, do you like to go out and fish? Uh, not not really. No, I I, I must be the only person in Minnesota. Yeah, that, I'm not really. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not into it either. Like like, I mean, I'll go, I'll do it on occasion, whatever. But like, I I can't tell you the last time I fished. Mm. It's been over a decade. Yeah, I I, like, I I just never been into it like that. I used to go with like my granddad and my dad, but outside of that. I wasn't going out and doing it by myself. Yeah, I, I grew uh, – I, I think what got to me, Henry, is that when I was growing up in southwestern Minnesota, I, I lived in a small town called Ballatin, which is you know about 20 miles outside of Marshall. And we have this this lake. It was called Lake Yankton. Well, it still is Lake Yankton. And, you know, my, my stepdad and my brother, you know, they would enjoy, you know, fishing and going down and, and you know, doing things like that. And we would catch yep. we would catch bullheads, and those are like the nastiest, stinkiest, nastiest fish, grossest yeah. fish. And it was just that's what they had, and I think that just soured me from a young age. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm okay with that. So You're like I'm good here. Yeah, and I mean, listen, I'll go out and I'll I'll eat, you know, like seafood and like you know shellfish stuff like that. But no, I'm not. You know, in terms of going out and catching it, I'm I'm good. I'll let somebody else do it. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right, that's going to wrap up headlines. You're on the good neighbor. Uh, coming up next, we're, we're going to shift a little bit on the fly. We're going to do Matthew Collar uh, coming up at eight thirty. Correct. He's hanging out with Bob Correct. Hagen, yep. getting drunk. So we'll do him at eight thirty. Getting crunk and getting we'll do drunk. Do scoreboard at eight, at eight, uh, at eight fifteen. But coming up next, we do got some breaking news. The world of entertainment has lost a legendary actor, and also a very controversial one. Who? I'll tell you who at the top of the hour next year on the Lake Show.